And welcome back to the Swish Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Jake. And today we have a very special episode. Um, today we have one of the best agents in the NBA. He co-founded RVA Sports. He represents some of the young, some of the best young NBA talent and G League talent. And today we have BJ Bass. BJ, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Thanks, guys. This is awesome. Thanks for that very wonderful introduction. Good stuff. Fantastic. So we're ready to hop in when you are. We're just going to fire one question right at you right away. What got you into sports growing up? Oh, man. I mean, I was uh, growing up, I was a huge sports guy, basketball, golf, football, baseball, I mean, pretty much anything. But I don't know, man. Seems like you guys are way into sports also. And uh, it's an awesome thing that you have this podcast and doing this age two two good young gents um i don't know man i just love you know the competition uh i love to see athletes you know work i i, I mean i mean obviously growing up i didn't have as uh, same appreciation but now being in the agent business you get to see how hard these guys work and and what goes into it before you know people think they just step on the court or step out on the football field like nah it's a whole lifetime of dedication and work and you know discipline and and you know doing the right thing to get into that spot and then even beyond that you need some luck and timing you know to get into the right spot so I just love it man I love I just love to see guys do well I love to see guys compete and I always have so growing up who are some like players you kind of like liked watching and like what was your favorite teams growing up uh, well, I assume you guys the, is, is like the focus of your podcast, mainly basketball, or you just sort of, you know, cover all, all sports. We cover all sports, but I mean, basketball is one of our favorite sports. So I guess that's what we might know more about, but we try to cover like ma- mainly almost every sport that we can. Well, that's great. That's great. I mean, I actually, I mean, basketball was huge. Um, I grew up watching the Knicks. Where are you guys again? Where you guys live at? New York City. Yeah, we're big Knicks fans. Oh, you guys are in the city. So, okay. Okay. So now, now we're cooking. So I grew up watching the Knicks in the eighties, you know, in the early eighties, mid eighties, you know, when I was, uh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I started watching the Knicks and, you know, around that time they got Patrick Ewing and, uh, you know, Oh, it was just an amazing time. They won the draft lottery and got Ewing and he was, he was incredible and just so much fun to watch. And Mark Jackson was a St. John's guy, a point guard that played with Patrick and they just had a tough team. They brought in Charles Oakley. I mean, they didn't mess around. Those guys would, they would beat you up physically. And, uh, but the thing is they had to play Michael Jordan all those years. So I grew up watching the Knicks and had to beat Michael Jordan and and Jordan was just amazing so you know to answer your question I mean the Nick Bulls Ewing Jordan Scotty Pippen you know Rodman um, all those guys I mean it was an amazing time it it really was the rivalries in the NBA particularly Nick's Bulls Nick's Pacers you know Reggie Miller Pacers those guys I mean, these were just absolute dog fights. They were 
physical. I mean, you can never you, you guys, I'm sure, have watched, seen some tape, but the way that they, you know, officiate the league now, there's really no like physicality. I mean, but guys back then, guys would literally just like beat the piss out of each other and they would they and it was fine. It was just part of the game. It was a totally different game, but it it brought out like the real competitive heat. And so that that's really like when I look back, that's the, the big focus. And I think what, you know, helped get me to be such a big NBA fan. So when do you think you knew that you wanted to go into the sports world as an agent? So I always wanted to get into sports, um, but I, but it, the way that I got in, I really kind of, I kind of lucked into it. And I actually think I'll tell you guys a real quick story because I think it's, I think it'd be good um, for you guys to hear it and, you know, your audience. And uh, because I think there's a good um, moral to the story. So I was, you know, I went, I grew up on Long Island, not too far from you guys. And then I went to college at, at Wisconsin. And when I got back, I was doing like technology stuff. I was, you know, I was doing a bunch of different stuff in like my twenties and, and I, I started my own business and I was doing okay. And then all of a sudden there was this kid that was playing at Roslyn high school. One of my buddies, um, I live in Roslyn. And I grew up in Roslyn and I moved back here. And one of my buddies who I grew up with here in Roslyn, he called me and he's like, there's this incredible player at Roslyn High School named George Beeman. And George was leading Long Island in scoring that year. This had to be like, I don't know, 2008, 2009. And this is how I got into the business. Um, I just decided that I wanted to help George. He, he, was, he was the leading sc uh, scorer on Long Island. And the second leading score was Tobias Harris. So that just gives you an idea like how good George, he was averaging 37 a game and Tobias was averaging like 31 or 32. And obviously Tobias went on to be a first round NBA draft pick, but George wasn't getting any scholarship offers. And I was, and I went to see him and I was like, this is crazy. This guy reminds me of Rondo, but he's the scorer, but he's built like Rondo and like, how is this kid not getting a division one scholarship? So long story short, I had some friends in the business. A couple of my buddies were, um, were coaches at Hofstra. So I took George, I brought him over to Hofstra for a tryout. I brought him up to Manhattan for a tryout. And I really pushed some of these teams locally to take this guy because I knew how good he was. And eventually Manhattan offered him a scholarship and George went on to be, he went on to take them to the NCAA tournament. He scored 2000 points. He's like one of the leading scorers in school history. And it just, <clears throat> so it was an amazing thing that like, here was a guy that wasn't going to get a D1 scholarship and I helped them. And I wasn't in the business. I wasn't an agent. I was just, you know, a guy from the neighborhood trying to help a young guy out. And after I got George the scholarship, a couple of buddies of mine from Roslyn who heard about what I did with George, they had just taken, they had invested some, some money in basketball city, which at the time was on the West side of Manhattan by, by Chelsea Piers, And they were moving over to the low side, and, and that was um, Brian and Barry Rubenstein. And they came to me and they were like, Hey, we heard what you did for George. And that's so amazing. And did you ever think about becoming an agent? 
And I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's, that's like a lifelong dream of mine. And I just fell in love with helping George. It wasn't about money. I didn't make any money, but, but the fact that I could, you know, scout and help a kid from my neighborhood really, you know, change the course of his life. And the idea of starting an agency and doing that with other young, you know, gentlemen and athletes was so appealing to me that I basically just put my other business aside. I jumped right in and me and the Rubenstein started RBA sports. And that's how I became an NBA agent. Yeah, that that was a awesome story. And it was funny that you mentioned basketball city. We actually used to play We, we actually used to play basketball there. So that's pretty cool. That's so awesome, man. Yeah. I know a lot of guys in the city, um, have you been to the new place or were you at the old spot on the west side? Um, it, I think we went to the one on the Lower East Side. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's It's such a great place, man. And like, I think the moral of the story that I try to get across when I tell that is like, you never know who's watching. Like for George, you know, he didn't know me. He didn't even know me when he was in high school. He had no idea who I was, but like I saw him and I wanted to help him. And then for me, like the fact that I did that for George and, and I didn't expect anything from it. I think it was what led to the Rubensteins approaching me. So it's just, I think the idea that like, you never know who's watching. And a lot of times when you do things for people, but you don't expect anything in return, good things happen. I think those are two um, sort of things that came from that story that are, that are important things for people to embrace. So what inspired you to go with this approach in your agency of like finding this under, under like, like this, um, like under the radar talent, Julia's like Norvell Pele, Tariq Owens or Terry Taylor, who's an undrafted rookie now playing fantastic. Like what, what was your idea of trying to find these guys in the G league or up and comers? Great question. So a couple of things, number one, um, you know, we were starting from scratch. So, you know, it's hard to just start and you don't have anything to work with and you go out and you try to get lottery picks. Like they're not going to sign with you. Like you have to be realistic there. Those guys are going to sign with CAA and rock nation and all the, you know, so, you know, I'm talking about the top 10 or 15 picks that are locked in. And by the way, it's not really hard to like be an agent for those guys. Like those guys, you know, where they're getting drafted. It's like, it's not a ton you have to do, but the hard agent stuff and something that I felt was going to be um, something that we could repeat. Right. And also if you get a, if you're a, a smaller agent and you get a lottery pick, like who knows if you're ever going to get another one, like it's really hard to get those guys. So I tried to build something where we could take advantage of our scouting and finding these like kind of diamonds in the rough, like you said, and, and then using Basketball City to develop them and use the G League to, um, to really promote these guys and to either get them up into the NBA or use the G League to help them um, raise their, 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 you know, their value for the overseas markets. And this was something that we felt that we could repeat and really build a business on where year after year, as we sign new guys, we could take them through this process. So it's a great question you asked. And I think it's more of just sort of the strategy that we've taken 
And as we've built this out over the years, like now, like you mentioned, some of our guys that are, you know, legitimate NBA prospects, Terry's doing great. I think Norvell probably gets picked up again here, you know, in the next couple of days now that the trade deadline passed. Um, but we also have like a really good portfolio of guys overseas and, and, and going overseas, by the way, it's not a fork in the road. Like there's a ton of guys that go over and then they come back and they make the NBA straight from Europe. So you don't have to go directly from the G league, but we just felt that this was like the best approach to try to find guys that we could work with over the long term and help them develop. So what do you think has been like your favorite part of being an NBA agent? Oh man. I mean, I had, I've had so much, it's, it's such a great, it's really a rewarding job and it's hard. Don't get me wrong, guys. Like it's hard to start from scratch and, and get to the point where you're making money and you know, it's, it's not an easy business. Uh, it's a very competitive business. But if you love sports, watching games and going to games, I mean, when I started, I went to so many games, NBA, G League, college, like just and then I would go to just, you know, networking stuff, uh, coaches, clinics, things like that, just to just to meet everybody, you know, NBA Summer League in Vegas. So much fun. Uh, Portsmouth, the Portsmouth Invitational Tournament. In Virginia, they have that every April. It's like the top 64 seniors get invited to that. And the whole NBA comes to scout that. It's it's a fun time. I mean, guys, we're working, but you're watching hoops and you're developing relationships with players and NBA front office people. And if so, if you like that, if, if you like working with people and meeting new people and you love basketball and you love sports, uh, it's an amazing job. So what do you think are your goals moving forward? Well, another good question. We want to grow the NBA business, obviously, as best we can. Um, you know, we have, I, I think, a handful of really good prospects right now. So obviously the goal is to get as many of these guys into the NBA as we can. And, and then to... A couple of sort of strategic initiatives, you know, the last couple of years with, with everything going on with COVID, I mean, it's been hard to get into Basketball City and, you know, the, the city, as you guys know, I'm sure have all kinds of regulations. So we want to get, you know, get back into being at Basketball City and building up our training business there. And this summer we're going to have uh, uh, our, our showcase, our NBA showcase again. Uh, we didn't have it last year because the place was closed. Um, so those are some of the short term goals, I would say, is to is to get back um, online at Basketball City. But then also one of the areas where we really want to focus is technology. You know, technology and and sports have really connected in a way that, you know, you talk about this NFT business and you talk about just all the areas of, of, of sports science and health and wellness. So not only, you know, on the marketing side, all these incredible opportunities and sort of burgeoning uh, technologies that are happening, but really on the, on the health and wellness side and keeping, you know, getting your athletes stronger, keeping them healthy, 
um, getting because if you if you're not doing these things, these advanced sort of um, sports science stuff, you're not competing. It's not a level playing field like the top guys in the NBA are all focused on what can I do? What kind of technology can I use to help my body recover faster, to, to make me stronger, to make my career last longer? And so what we're trying to do is put the, the various technologies together. In some cases, these have been developed by other people. In some cases, you know, we're looking to develop some things. Um, analytics is another huge piece. How, once you have a player, how do you demonstrate to the NBA how good they are using analytical um, and statistical to benchmark them against other players so that you could show what their true contract value is, right? Like Terry's a perfect example. We're trying to, Terry has a small sample size, but he's crushing it. So, you know, we're going to go through the numbers to make sure it's okay. Other guys that have done what Terry's done, this is the contract value. So whether it's analytics, whether it's sports science for physio and therapy, um, or even on the marketing side, I think technology is a huge piece of what we're trying to do. Um, Basketball City is a huge piece of what we're trying to do. And then just continuing to develop and and build out uh, our player portfolio. You know, you mentioned like Norvell was played with the Jazz this year and Terry has been playing very well with the Pacers. He dropped a career high a few nights ago. So, so what was it, what's it been like watching your clients play this season? Like what have been your thoughts? It's awesome, man. Terry, for one, is just um, – sorry, guys. Did I lose you for a second? You got me? No, we're I good. A, I had a phone call. Okay, good. I had a phone call. I just had to drop it. So watching Terry has been awesome because Terry is such a great kid. I mean, Norvell is too. Don't get me wrong. They're all great guys. I shouldn't say kids. They're great guys. Um, and it's just nice when, like, when you see really good people – that have worked so hard to get an opportunity, take advantage of that. And Terry's a guy that like, it's special because whole NBA, this is what would happen. But Terry, you know, he's a little undersized for his position and the NBA tend to be very cautious about, well, who's he like, who does he play like? And I'm like, why do you care? The guy's awesome. Like, don't worry about that. You know, like, He's a winner. He makes winning plays. He can play multiple positions. He can guard multiple positions. He was the OVC player of the year over John Moran. So it's not like he didn't have the talent, but because Terry is such a unique guy, I think that's why he went undrafted. And I put a marker down. Like you could check Twitter. Like I put it out there. I'm like, you guys are missing on Terry Taylor. And I said, and not, and not in like a, a bragging kind of way, like, in a respectful way, but like, if you believe in your client, you pound the table. And one thing we do is we scout, we watch a ton of games. We know the game, we know who can play. And sometimes the NBA misses on guys. So when a kid goes undrafted and then goes into, you know, a starting lineup and gets, you know, 24 points and 16 rebounds and five assists, you know, we knew that was going to happen. But it's just – it's very rewarding to watch Terry do it. Um, and also, I think just from a scouting perspective, I think a lot of the league needs to be willing to take a little more risks 
and take a guy that maybe doesn't fit into a certain box. They're always trying to say, you know, like I said, who's he like? Who does he compare to? Don't tell me that. Don't tell me what he don't tell me what he isn't. Tell me what he can do. You know, don't tell me what he can't do. Tell me what he can do. And I feel like, um, you know, I don't know, like we, 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 we got that one right. Put it that way. So it's very rewarding. Yeah, um, um, to back that up, I'm going to be completely honest. Going into the drafts, I don't think anyone really knew who uh, to, um, Terry Taylor was. I have Austin P, a guy that went undrafted and out of nowhere joins the Pacers in the NBA and puts up 24 points. I mean, I think it was a very good pickup by you guys to sign him. He's playing phenomenal. So, yeah, and he's and I'm telling you, Terry's a great guy. And the, Terry's going to make it – Terry's going to have a long NBA career because – he knows how to play. He's got a huge heart. You know what he lacks in maybe a couple of inches to play. And by the way, I think, you know, people are like, he was playing the five. He started at center at six, six for the Pacers. Like that's unheard of. And he did a great job because he understands like, you know, he guarded Vucevic that one night. And like the first half was a little rough. Like Vooch got to the paint too easily and the second rotation, Terry got up under him. Terry used his strength and pushed, pushed Vooch away from the basket. And he was a lot less effective like this, from the second rotation on. Um, so just, you know, Terry's ability, he can hit the three. I think he's four for seven so far in the NBA from three. Um, but he – and I'm saying he's a percent from three guy, but he's a 40% guy. and if you give me a kid who's probably going to be the best offensive rebounder in the NBA, like the value of offensive rebounding to create extra possessions for your team is huge, especially in crunch time. If the team can't get a defensive rebound, they can't win the game. So Terry's going to be the best offensive rebounder in the NBA. And he could be a 40% from three guy. Like, Give me that guy every day of the week, right? But we needed to prove that. So he had to go undrafted. He went to the G League for the first month or two of the season. He destroyed the G League. He put up, like, historic numbers. And then he got his opportunity in the NBA, and he's doing the same stuff in the NBA that he was doing in the G League. I mean, before the other night, he was shooting 60% in the NBA, which is crazy. So let's do, we're gonna hop into five quick rapid fire questions and short answers. I'm gonna get get um give you the first one. It's what do you think your favorite hobby is? Oh man, my favorite hobby. Uh, I'm way into fantasy right now. I love fantasy NBA. I um, you know, and I tell you what, man, it's you have to know the whole league. You guys know. You guys both play fantasy, I'm sure, right? Yeah. yeah. So. It's you have to know everything and stay on top of it. And so it's actually great for business because it's, uh, you, you know, the second that something happens, you know about it. Um, what would you say your favorite food is? Oh, my God. I got so many. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a pizza guy. Easy. New York pizza. What do you think your favorite movie or sports movie is of all time? Wow, that is a great question. Uh, 
I don't know, man. Uh, sports movie. There's so many good ones. Um, probably the best basketball sports movie is Hoosiers. You guys ever see Hoosiers? Yeah. Great, great basketball movie. I'll go. With, I'll go with Hoosiers. I mean, The Naturals a great movie. Um, oh, there's so many, but I'll go with those two. Um, what would you say your favorite place you've ever traveled to is? Hawaii. I was lucky enough to go on my honeymoon in 2000 to Hawaii and to a couple different spots there. And it's, it's really, I, I, I can't imagine there being a more beautiful place on earth. Um, particularly Kapalua. If you guys ever see like the, um, tournament that the, that the PGA was at two, three weeks ago, uh, the, the tournament of champion for all the guys that won the last year they get invited to Kapalua and um, it's really just breathtaking. It's, it's like I said, I can't imagine a more beautiful place on earth. So, and I'm going to say that was an amazing interview. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, BJ. It was great. And we hope you have a great rest of your day and good luck in the future. Hey guys, good luck to you. It's amazing that you guys are doing this at such, you know, not such a young age, but obviously you guys are a little ahead of the game and it's, uh, I'm happy to jump on and, uh, and support you guys. Cause I think it's a great thing. So good luck with the podcast and look, when things settle down, we'll try to get a couple of our guys on it. Just, uh, you know, in the middle of the season, it's, it's tough to carve time, but we'll definitely try to do that. Thank you. Thank you again. Um, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.